Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Take Action. I am Pastor Keon Henderson. I am obviously uh, privileged to give leadership to the Lighthouse Church, and I have with me a co-host like no other, uh, a host in his own right. I'm, I shouldn't even say co-host, uh, but I've got a, a cohort, I should say, in the gospel uh, that's going to be here with us today, and, and you'll get a chance to meet him as we go. I'm talking about none other uh, than the uh, campus pastor of our newly launched Southeast campus that is two weeks old and is already breaking records because of the voice and the mantle that's on this man of God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, some of you all, uh, but uh, for um, the second or third time for the rest of y'all, Bishop Sion Roberts. How you doing, cousin? Man, listen, and so when I say cousin, guys, you know, everybody call each other cuz, but this is actually my blood relative. Uh, we are cousins, born and raised together. Uh, both come from Gary, Indiana, and now um, and he's a bishop. Uh, he is a prophet. Uh, he is, uh, it, what's a potentate? I always oh, heard man, people say, I'm, what's I'm, a potentate? <laughs> man, somebody got to tell not, me. I don't even know what it is. All right, a prognosticator of the gospel. <laughs> uh, he just, he's a real, real, real gifted man of God. And I'm uh, glad to have you. So how are you enjoying Houston so far, man? I love it, man. I, you know, if it wasn't for the people that love me and I love back home, every time I come, it's that they're leaving. So it, it speaks to the integrity, yes. uh, the transparency, and the relationship you have with those people. I know this ain't the lesson, but somebody might be watching. Yes, what, what are you doing or what have you done as a leader and as a person that, that, that makes your future comfortable with you while you're also making your present comfortable as well? Uh, a lot of praying. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just, Lord, what, do you, what would you have me to do here? And I, I understand clearly what Abraham went through when the Lord said, go to a place which I will show you. Yeah. Start walking, and I'll show you when you, you know, each step of the way. So that, but, but, main, but mainly just like you said, integrity, just trying to make sure that I am caring for the transition process of those people. Um, because knowing that it's not going to be easy for them to share me uh, or even know that God is, is opening me up to new places. So just trying to be integral with that. Man, um, it's, it's amazing, and I, and I had to walk that walk yeah. uh, 14 years before you, and I know, I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, yeah. you know, I, I remember two or three days where I laid in the bed and, and was paralyzed. Yeah. I, I remember tears in my eyes, and should I go, should I stay, is this what God wants, is, yeah. this, is this my ambition? And obviously God has proven himself over the last decade plus yes, four years uh, to be faithful and have called me here, but... It is difficult to go uh, from, from place to place, glory to glory, from, from, from present to future, from destination to destiny. That's a, that's a, a tough walk. And you have to do it by faith. Yes. You got to do it by Absolutely. faith. Yeah, and the Bible says that we walk by what? Like we walk by faith. Not by sight. Not by sight. And yeah. so I thought it would be important to talk about faith yeah. today because you are doing it. And ladies and gentlemen, those of you all who are watching today, we're going to talk about faith walkers and, and, and try to help you to figure out that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that in order for you to get where you, from where you are to where God eventually wants you to be, it's not going to be through manipulation. It's not going to be through connectivity. It's not going to be who you know, although that could help. It's not going to be uh, your bank account, all that, although that might help. Like, this is a faith walk. 
and, and what you're doing right now is a faith walk. And so I wanted, I wanted to talk about faith, and I wanted to talk about faith to a man who's walking in faith. Uh, tell me, uh, just in your opening uh, arbitrary conversation, like what is this, this faith walk for you? And, and as you've been studying, what has the word been revealing to you about the tenacity, the importance, the enormity, the bigness of faith? And, and how it connects to our destiny. So the main thing is, is you know, how Hebrews 11 tells us that uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That not seen part has been the biggest part because um, it's talking about not being able to see it with your eyeballs. But it's not blindly following God. I think we think that that means we just follow him blindly. It means he gives us sight in another realm. So I've had to ignore what my eyes and ears are hearing surrounding the transition, emotional, you know, just the emotional, emotional nature of the transition and believe God based upon what he's showing me it, or has shown me in my spirit because there are going to be distractions. There are going to be all kinds of things that the enemy will try to show you to keep you from moving or to make you fear what the next move is. And I had a dream about this years ago. I saw this coming. The Lord showed me us in a helicopter. And you were flying me around the city of Houston, giving me directions on what certain things were. So I knew in my spirit this day was coming. Wow. And so that's faith, though. That's God giving you that, like he gave Joseph that dream. Giving you that so that in dark seasons, you have something to hold on to. And you can keep believing God, even though with these eyeballs and these ears, it don't look like it. It don't sound like it. You know, that's amazing because I remember you shared that dream with me. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many years ago yeah. you told me that. Yeah. I had no faith in that dream. <laughs> yeah. I had no faith in that dream because when you had, when you had given me the dream, yeah. I didn't have anything to show you. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have a location or, or, or multiple yeah. campuses. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure if we were in this building yet. And if we were in this building, it didn't look like this. So I didn't yeah. have anything. For sure to go back and trust. Let me tell you what happened uh, after you told me that. I went and preached in Cape Town, South Africa. I'll never forget when you told me the dream. I was sitting in your office, mm -hmm. and you told me about that dream. We subsequently spoke on the phone. The next week, I went to Cape Town, South Africa to preach. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been there in five, six, seven years. It shows you how long ago we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. The pastor says to me, our church at that time, this church is only about three or four years old. Mm -hmm. The pastor says to me, he says, get ready to walk into your new building. Wow. That's what he told me. Now, let me tell you where we were mm -hmm. when he said that. We were in a school. We owned 10 acres of land mm -hmm. outright, paid cash for it. We owned it. Um, well, I take that back. We had a bond issue on it where we had showed people how to uh, matriculate through their uh, investments. Yeah. Ended up paying it back. Sold the property for... Uh, two times, almost three times the amount that we purchased it for. Yeah. So now we've got money in the bank. Wow. We've got land we just sold. Yeah. We're in a school. Right. And he tells me in six months we're walking into our new building. Wow. Now, I would have believed it if we had started building that building. Yeah. But we hadn't. And I did not know how in the world we were going to be walking in a building in six months. Wow. When God showed me that we were building a building, little did I know 
that this building would come up for sale and we would be in it five months from the day wow. that he gave the prophecy. So while you were talking to me in faith, yes. he was speaking to me by faith. Yes. And here I am in the midst of your faith, mm -hmm. what you saw, his faith, yes. what he saw, my lack of faith because of what I couldn't see. Yeah. Talk to people about um, how to get out of that physical sight of faith, that we're always connecting our physical sight to it. Yeah. To, to what you're, what I really think you're saying is exchanging eyesight for insight. Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Well, so being able to see, so the Bible says um, that it's, it's the evidence of things not seen. Mm. So in Romans, he tells us hope that is seen is not really hope. So one thing we've got to do is we got to set our affections on things above. We got to stop being so connected to the things of this world and only having hope if we can see it. Um, you got to take it from being able to lay your eyes on it naturally and know unless you can see it inside through your relationship with God, prayer time, all of, the, all of that time with God, that's how you begin to see things spiritually and you start believing them. One of the things that I struggle with, man, is even just faith in my ministry. So when God prophetically speaks to me, Sometimes I, in the beginning, I would doubt it. So I would give partial prophecies, right? Because I know this just happened to me Friday night. So I'm still trying to work that thing out. I'm prophesying to a lady. We're talking about faith. I'm prophesying to a lady, and I'm not believing what I hear. So I'm giving half of what it. She told, he told me to pray for her. He told me her, her husband or this man that I was seeing told me his name was John. And I heard it, but I asked her instead. Right? What's your husband's name? John. She said, John. And I, my people would say, I almost had a fit. I was so mad at myself because I didn't believe what God was trying to show me. Right? So it takes relationship to really cultivate that insight to believe. That's what faith is. To believe what it is that God's trying to show you. And that's just relationship. That's just, you know, trial and error sometimes. Sometimes you're going to, he's going to show it to you and... You're going to be mad at yourself because you didn't fully believe what he showed to you. Yeah, I, I just tell you, my most recent experience was you sitting in that third seat. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this pulpit, and I know the Lord says to me, yes. tell your cousin that God, tell him that God said yeah. that it's time for him to move. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. To this place. Yes. And I'm in the pulpit struggling with it like, no, Lord, because number one, Jesus, do you know that man whole church is watching right now? <laughs> do you understand that his board of elders yeah. and his deacons and his members and his mama yeah. and all of these people you have influence all over the world? Not only that, but the now here's my doubt. He's a bishop. Yeah. The senior pastor of a thriving church. Yeah. And you're going to ask, you're going to tell him that God said. Right. So I doubt it. Right. And it wasn't until you said to me from there, you said, say what he told you to say. Absolutely. Say what, he's, what he told you to say. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it is the evidence tangible of things not seen, not tangible. And so in order to have faith, I actually have to believe in the invisible and the impossible. Yes, sir. At the same time, yes, believing that God will make a way. Yes, is, is that an accurate assumption? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because with God, all things are possible. Hmm. So we, we like to box ourselves in because we are control freaks to things that we can control. Wow. 
but understanding that God is going to do things that are going to be mind-blowing. If you can do it, you probably don't need faith for it, <laughs> right? So whenever God shows you something, it's going to be like, what? Like, where, where do they do that? Like, who, what bishops that are thriving and, and are part of organizations that are doing well comes to help me start another campus, right? right. So, but God knows how to, he does all things well. So you're absolutely right in your definition of, you know, what it really, really, really is and what it really means because you're going to have to be able to believe him for the invisible and the impossible. Because, because what I know for sure is that doing well mm -hmm. in the assignment that's over yes. is worse than doing average in the one that God said start. Wow. If I, if I had a listened to the people who said to me, I, since I've lived your story, and yeah. we ain't even talked about right. this, I can, I can, it ain't even a prophecy. Yeah. I can speak to it. Why would you leave something you control yeah. to go be with something that you don't control? Yeah. Why would you leave yeah. from being the head guy to be? I heard all of that stuff, and I had to come here and be somebody's assistant and be fired and humiliated. And I had to do all of that yeah. while everybody back home was telling me that I shouldn't have. Yeah. But look at God now. Yeah. Because sometimes by saying no to our fears, yes. we're actually saying no to our promise. Yes. And sometimes saying no to the promise, you might not get another shot. Yeah. Let me say this to you, Bishop, and I want you to chime in on this. I thought I've lost money before. Yeah but God gave it to me again. Yeah. I lost my car keys, yeah. but I always had a spare. Yeah. I've lost a lot of things. I've learned in my life that the most dangerous thing on earth you can lose is your faith. Absolutely. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I can have everything in my life. I can have my gift, my anointing, my talent, the church, I can have all of that, and I'm still inapt yes. as it relates to pleasing God because there is only way, one way I can please him, that's and that's right. by faith. Well, so it is by faith through grace that we're saved, or, or you know, even if the scripture is flipped. It takes faith for you to be saved, but it's not the only thing that we use faith for. It's not just for salvation. So it, it is, if we consider the fact that he tells Jehoshaphat to stand still and let me fight your battle, yeah. right? He tells us, you don't need to fight in this. But the one thing he tells us to fight for is faith. Hold on. Let's see. You see, if Pastor Torrance was up here, like, <laughs> he would get out of that chair. He would run around. And he would say, watch out. You can't say that. So, so you're saying in the entirety of the scripture. Yes. Um, as a rule, God said he, he doesn't give us the... Uh, the, uh, I guess, the, 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 the ability or the uh, encouragement or, or he doesn't say fight any, but when it comes to faith. Yeah. So remember what he says. He tells them, the law first mentioned, tells them you shall not need to fight in this battle because he knew later on there was going to be a battle. He was going to tell them they needed to fight. Which, oh, right. So you don't need to fight in this one. You got to stand still and watch me win this one because he knew later. He was going to have Jude pick up the pen and write, you do have to fight for this. And it was our faith. Oh, I, I, I can't move on. I can't move on. That, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the, and the law first mentioned. I think I hear Pastor Torres in there. So the law first mentioned, and I want to unpack this for you all because I don't want you to miss what you just heard. The law first mentioned. So he tells them, don't fight here. Yeah, right. You stand still mm -hmm. and watch me handle this battle. Yeah. 
conserve your energy because there is a battle you are going to have to Absolutely. fight and contend for, and we must contend for the faith. Now, I think that's important because if I'm not mistaken, the book of Jude um, is, is, is the writer's um, punch or, or attempt at getting us to get out of heresy and false doctrine. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So, so we've got, we've got um, and I'm going to pull up Jude here real quick. Uh, because if I'm if I'm remembering it at the time of Jude, his expose was was really talking against mm-hmm. the whole that false teachers yes. were having in Judaizers having in the faith. Right. Yep. And so he's he's talking about and the book doesn't have chapters. Right. Because there is only one. It's yeah. just a bunch of verses. Yep. And and he goes on to say stuff like. Um, hey, be careful mm-hmm. with this faith thing, mm-hmm. lest you have the immorality of places like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yep. And and he t- he talks about um, uh, a few other things about. Let me see. I got to pull it up because now you got my wheels turning. <laughs> uh, Jude eleven. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, mm-hmm. who killed his brother Abel, and like Balaam, they deceive people for money. So, so he's talking about false doctrine. Yep. He's talking about Judaizers, false teaching. He's talking about sexual impurity. He's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and he's telling us that our response to that yep. is not marching. Right. It's not... Uh, petitions to the government, right. all of that's fine, but but the church yeah. shall live by faith. faith. Talk yeah. talk a little bit about that. So so he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, sec, uh, that's Second Corinthians chapter five, I believe. And then in the in the Old Testament, it tells us the just shall live, live by, by faith. faith, right? Yes, sir. So it's it's, it's classifying who this is. Uh, the first thing is letting us know if you're just, you're going to live by. Not what you see with your natural eyes, but what you see with your spirit eyes. But that walking by faith is, to me, was extremely powerful because that word walk in the Greek, it, it, it means to make a stamp or an impression or it means to tread, right? So, and so the tread, the Greek word for tread is to strike with one blow. Remember, he told us in Luke, uh, <laughs> behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So right. when you're walking by faith, you are treading. Right. You're treading. You strike with one blow. In other words, I don't need to give you a combo. It's a one hit or quitter. If I believe God, I've already removed you of your power. Right. I've already done the thing that the devil didn't want me to do. And so he's already knocked out just by my belief. So you're telling me before I even pray. Yes. Before I even fast. Yes. Before I go to the altar and yes. get my, my faith. Yes. Is the initial and only blow that's necessary to defuse the works of the enemy. Absolutely. Listen, guys, I hope y'all are listening to that, ladies and gentlemen, because I just need everybody to type in the chat real quick, one hit a quitter. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> listen, just one blow of faith yes. can stop the assault of the enemy. That's so good because we believe that Christianity is so complicated. Because, Pastor, I can believe absent of prayer, so it may not be time for me to pray, but I got to still believe, but I can't pray absent of faith. See, don't you don't you get me to run See, it. I'm just, I'm just, I need to get Pastor Torrance in here because he's my runner. <laughs> so so I can I can I can I can pray and not believe, but I can't believe right. and not pray. Well, the flip. The flip. Right. I can I, so I can believe even if it's not my prayer time. Maybe it's mm. lunchtime. Okay. You know, maybe it's time for me to go to sleep. Yeah. Maybe it's time for me to do something else, but I gotta keep believing. So I can, I can believe without praying, but I cannot pray if I don't believe. 
Goodness. So people who want me to pray for them, like when I do altar calls, which is what I didn't get a chance to do Sunday, you will. that's my crux. I like the altar, right? <laughs> yes, sir. I tell people all the time, don't, come, don't even come if you don't believe, right? Because me laying hands on you is not, I believe, but do you. Do you remember when Jesus says to the, to the disciples, he says, he says, you unbelieving believers. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, 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 and I believe it because what he was saying is, is I gave you the power yes. to do all of the stuff that all of these people are coming to me to do it. I outsourced mm -hmm. the healing proposition to you, yes. but you can't do it because you don't believe. Absolutely. So how many of us are walking around, Bishop, in our churches, in our marriages, in our homes, on our jobs, living beneath the privilege yeah. Uh, that God has set us up. We should be laying our hands on the sick mm -hmm. and they be healed. But because we don't believe, we got to bring them to the altar, yeah. to the pastor. to the and, and so should it be parents laying their hands on their children in the homes? Absolutely. Shouldn't it be husbands laying their hands on their wives by faith? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it should be. Um, the longevity of that too, man, just people. How many people do we know that used to believe, right? Mm. Like, not even just apostasy, just people who are struggling in their faith. It was so interesting to me, Paul's writing to Timothy in the second letter, uh, the journey of Paul. So if you consider Paul, before you get to what he wrote in Timothy, he is the guy who was on the Damascus Road, didn't, didn't believe, he thought he was doing God a favor by killing Christians, mm. right? He has this Damascus Road experience and he, you know, he's in prison after prison after prison. He's now saved and he's doing the work of the Lord. He's been shipwrecked. He's got, all of this has, has been done. Now he's writing this letter to Timothy because he's at the end of his journey. What he writes is so powerful to me, so powerful to me. He said, I've, I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. the faith. In other words, he's suggesting that I had times where I could have lost it, but I kept it, right? <laughs> so he's trying to tell them like, hey, this is going to be a journey. When I got shipwrecked, I could have stopped believing. When I got bit by that snake, I could have stopped believing. When they kept throwing me in prison after prison, I still kept writing. I feel the anointing. I need Man. to stop. No, no, you keep going. Because <laughs> this is what they're looking for because he's believing being stoned. Yes. And, and I think that you all, listen, you do not read Paul without putting yourself in the position yes. where Paul wrote all of the stuff that you quote. You got to understand, Paul didn't write that in the palatial palace. Paul didn't write that stuff uh, in uh, the corporate offices of his tent making right. business. He wrote that in the pit, right. in the prisons, in the chains of the Romans, right. uh, in the prisons of Philippi. Yeah. Like, like imagine being in a cold, dark dungeon with no running tap water, with rats gnawing at your ankles, uh, with rations of food to eat, and yeah. you write I can do all things through Christ. Right, right, right. Just, just, just imagining. So he, he must have, he, he wasn't writing by sight. Right. He was writing by faith. You know, my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Moses. Yeah. Something about Moses. And everybody can always talk about how we get into the promised land. And I understand that. But, but my argument is that he did. Yeah. He eventually did. It was though he was dead, but yeah, he still yeah. got there because mm -hmm. God promised yep. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's another message. But, but I love him because... His life starts like many of the people who are watching, like yours. Yes. Like mine. A person with two forces fighting them. Yes. Because he's got his mama who's hiding him, mm -hmm. and he's got Pharaoh who's looking for him. Right. So Pharaoh has the courage to search him out. His mama's got the courage to hide him out, and we know the end of the story. He ends up being the emancipator of Israel. Bishop, how, how do I keep my faith? 
when I'm being perplexed on every side? How do I keep my faith when, 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 I'm, when I'm perplexed and cast down and uh, I lost my job? Because Paul is saying I kept the faith. Okay, because I look at Paul as a yeah, super Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what am I supposed to do because I don't, I'm not learned like Paul. Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't the slightest idea where Jude is yeah. in the Bible. I've never read that right. before. Right. What are some tools and tips that you can tell me to do to keep my faith? Because I feel like giving up. So he tells, he tells us in, in John, if you abide, abide in me, John 15, if you abide in me, that word abide it means to stay. It's the same connotation of, hey, Paul says, I kept my faith. Mm. I, I feel like you have to. He says, the, the abiding place is in me. You literally have to surround yourself with him. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow. Yeah. The way that you stay is that you have to make sure that you're in him. And I know that sounds cliche, but man. You, you were talking about, I can't remember if it's the meeting we just left out of, but you were talking about just what we put in our spirit mm. that, are, that is distractions to us, right? So a lot of times it's easy for him to just snatch. And I gave the, the uh, example when I was preaching this of I had a towel and I had a gentleman trying to pull the towel away from me. Yeah. It's a tug of war and you got to hold on, you know, for dear life. And I tied it around my hand yeah. and was doing everything I could to not let go. Well, that's what we got to do, meaning, hey, if I got to guard my ear gates and eye gates, sometimes, like you said today earlier, what we subconsciously learn is what's affecting our faith, mm. right? The things that we just got playing in the background, the music we pop on when we get in the car. Well, hey, if you're trying to stay holy, you might not want to put certain things in your spirit. Right, right. You know, if you, if you believe in God uh, that you're going to, you know, you need something from God, watch what you put in. Some of this music is feeding your spirit. Some of what you watch on television, who you have in your ear. You might not want to call your gossiping friend if it's a, if it's a bad season for you. Yeah. You need to be around believers. You need to check your circle. So abiding in him, meaning you surround yourself, like jumping into a pool and being underwater. There's water all around you. You have to surround yourself with him if you're going to really, really hold on to you it. You talk about water, James 1 and 6. I had the scripture pulled up. <laughs> but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Yes. Because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Wow. So what ends up happening is, is faith is my anchor. Mm -hmm. And so faith lets the wind and the waves know you might try to move me. Mm -hmm but you will only temporarily dislodge me from the position, yes. but I'm not leaving this region. Yes. Like, yes. so you can, you can make me shift left, you yeah. can make me shift right, right. but you're not going to make me switch locations Absolutely. because my feet are firmly planted on this firm foundation. Talk about faith as an acre because, all right, you're, you're in Gary, Indiana. You've got one of the most thriving churches in the city, if not the most thriving church. Your name notoriety in that region is known. Over in Chicago, Bishop William Hudson is a, an amazing man of God who's preached here. Uh, your overseer, I remember having a conversation with him. People don't understand the faith that it took for you to say, you know what? I'm going to, to transition from this place, and, and, and let's not even get into the history of what it means to you historically yes. to be where you are, but somehow you, you allow faith to 
disintegrate what would be uh, comfortable for you historically. Yes. To get what God would have for you eventually. I'm still wanting to dig in. Like, like on a personal note, has your faith been tested? And when it was, what did you do to overcome it? And, and, and how was faith so applicable in you being able to do what you're doing right now? Yeah, so when you talk about faith as an anchor, it means it's literally the thing that keeps you. So I would have been tossed if it wasn't for my faith. I would have blown away. Mm. I would have sailed out to sea and into charter, uncharted territory that was dangerous for me had it not been for the anchor, right? So when you talk about faith as my anchor, Ty Tribbett wrote a song some years ago, and it said, I have no other choice but to trust you. God will put you in these positions where you have to believe him. That's all I have sometimes. So it's like, okay, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the support to do this. God, why do you keep putting these things in my spirit, but there's nobody around me that's even willing or even able? So you can't even get mad at them because they're not even able to do it. Mm. So then what's keeping me from being tossed? It was me believing what I saw in that helicopter. That God showed me something. And so when you talk about faith, you're just talking about the, the spiritual sight. So now you can break off into several different things. You could be doing this Bible study for, for weeks to come because now you're talking about the prophetic. Now you're talking about revelation, right? Um, uh, the guy that wrote the book of Revelation, John, had the, the greatest revelation from an island where he was a prisoner. By himself. Right, right, by himself. But he's a prisoner in Patmos, which... which by definition, means an unfruitful place, but he's having the most fruitful book probably in the Old Testament, right? So my faith as my anchor says, I see you. I have no other choice to, but to believe what I saw when everything around me says it's, it's not so. And so how am I not tossed? How am I not discouraged? How am I not losing my mind? How am I not letting depression overtake me? It's because... I believe what I saw. If, and it's a choice. If I choose to not believe, then I'm going to drift, right? Um, if I choose to believe, then I'll be anchored and I'll see what I saw. Man, listen, the Bible says this, and, I'm, and I, this is crazy that you said this. It's in John 15. If you abide in me mm -hmm. and my word abides in mm -hmm. you, yeah. then you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Yeah. So, so you talked earlier about, like, you just have to be in God. And it's mm -hmm. a cliche. Mm -hmm. What does he mean by that? By being in the word of God? Yes. By being in the word. Thy word uh, have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Or the Bible is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. We can go on and on and on yes, about, about what that means. But what it makes me think about uh, is when the Bible says in James 1, 2, and 3, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, yes. knowing this, that the trying of your faith, faith yes. worketh patience and let patience have its perfect work that you might be entire yeah. wanting nothing. Yeah. Faith satisfies need. Yes. Leaves me wanting nothing. Yes. And, and it leaves me hurting because of nothing. Yes. It leaves me lacking nothing. And then this is what I think it's either uh, verse 12 of chapter 1. It says, therefore, I will put on you the crown of life. Yes. Right? Through that faith. That word crown in the Greek is the word stephanos, mm -hmm. which means that God says, because you had faith for me yes. in private, I've got a crown for you 
in public yeah. because that word Stephanos uh, is the Greek word that talks about getting the trophy yes. for winning an Olympic, Olympic game, game. Yep. right? So, so, so I'm, I'm rewarded yes. because life, life is, a, is a sport. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a war. And, and having faith through that exercise prompts God to give you the crown. Now, here's the deal. When I get a crown, I'm respected in places I, were not, I wasn't respected before I got the crown. Absolutely. Right? Just You can take a, a person, an ordinary individual. Let's, let's go over to, to, uh, to London. Mm -hmm. and, and let's take um, uh, Harry and, and what's his brother? I, I forgot it just that quick. Prince Harry William. and William. And we take Brother William. Just yeah. take Brother William. Yeah. And you take the crown away from William. Yes. He's just like you and I. Mm-hmm. You put the crown on him, mm -hmm. and the game changes. game changes. Because when you put a crown on a man, uh, then, then he's acceptable and accepted in places. Absolutely. So, so your faith, watch this, your faith will open doors for you that no man can close. Absolutely. It'll close doors that no man can open. Faith will get you a job you don't qualify for. Yeah. Faith will also cause you to wake, walk away from one you do qualify yes. for to open the business that God is putting in your spirit. Something just leaped in so, you. So you said faith satisfies. Mm. Do you know why faith satisfies needs? Because what faith is, is God showing you his will, mm. right? So the reason why faith satisfies is because when I'm connected to God and his will, I'm satisfied with whatever he wants. Whatever the outcome is. Right. So, okay, you want me to walk away from this? <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to do that, but I saw your will. Mm, so I'm mm -hmm. satisfied with what you want. So it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. I've seen what you want. And that's really what faith is all about. You know, we used to sing the song back in the old church, Satisfied with Jesus, right? Yeah. That's literally what that means. God, you've shown me your will, right? What Jesus wow. did, let thy will be done. You know, uh, nevertheless, thy will be done. I don't want to die. But I've already seen this, yes. right? I know this is your will. So by faith, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I think that that's why we get satisfied. It satisfies needs because we see his will. You know, in the, the miracle in Mark chapter 10, <clears throat> when the man walks away, Jesus didn't say to him, thy medicine has healed you. Right. He didn't say, um, thy insurance has healed you. That's right. He says, go, go. thy faith Absolutely. has healed you. Faith, faith, we keep hitting on it. And we can, how many scriptures do you think that you could subconsciously think about and regurgitate where faith was the antidote to the issue in the scripture? Well, I could tell you this. I know there are at least 80 that talk to us about not letting now, go I didn't of even it. know, hold on. I didn't even know he was going to have a real number. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least 80 that talk to us about not letting go of it. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know you was going to have a real number. That's crazy. So there are at least 80 scriptures in the Bible yeah. that I can reference yep. that tells me. Not let, to not let go of this faith or something relative to how if you're not careful, you can lose it. Psalms 119. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. Yep. I have set my heart on your laws. Talking about being in the word again. Yep. That was your first, that was your first hitter yeah. when you came out, being in the word, being in God. So, so being in God mm -hmm. uh, by faith almost allows me to see, in my mind, a shadow of the Ark of the Covenant mm -hmm. where you have 
the, the manna that doesn't spoil. Mm -hmm. And you have the rod that blooms but doesn't have roots. Right. And you've got the, the law. Look at, and let's just, the, the law, still, although God didn't come to abolish it, he did come to fulfill, fulfill it. it. Yep. So there are still ramifications there. Yeah. You got the manna that didn't spoil or, or stale. Mm -hmm. And then you got the, the rod, Aaron's rod, yeah. uh, which is Moses's rod, yeah. that bloomed without being planted in the ground. Yeah. So, so it seems to me that when I'm in God, which yeah. is the first mm -hmm. uh, answer to, to the faith conversation we've had, it seems like I can still be fruitful and productive in God, yeah. even without the things that I thought were necessary, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't need to, for, for lack of a better uh, explanation, uh, thinking that a flower can only bloom if its roots are in the ground and it's being watered and yeah. it's being taken care of and it's got sunlight. It's obviously dark in the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. There is obviously no water in the Ark of the Covenant. There right. is actually no dirt in the Ark of the Covenant. And yet it still blooms because when I'm in God, I can be fruitful. Even, even if I'm not employed. Yeah. Even yeah. if I'm not in a relationship. Yeah. Even if I'm not happy. Yeah. If I'm in God, I can still be fruitful. No, absolutely. You can still be fruitful and, and being in, in God. So we talked about just being submerged, abide in me. Yeah. The best way for me to describe it is like uh, what Paul says when it comes to our armor. So when he talks to, about faith, he says faith is a shield, mm. right? And I've seen so many people mess this up and it just grieves me. Uh, I know a guy that did a whole, a whole series on the armor of God and it was the wrong armor. You know, like medieval armor, you know, and Paul is talking about Roman soldiers, right? That's important because the Roman soldiers, what they did with their shield of faith was they drenched it in water, yes, sir. right? Which the fire of darts. Yes, yes which represents to us the word of God, yes, right? Sir. And so you've got to be fully drenched when we talk about how do I stay? How do I abide? How do I keep this faith? Because if, if that faith or that shield is not drenched in water, it'll catch on fire. Yes, sir. But the thing that quenches the fiery darts of the enemy was the fact that it was drenched in his word. Man, that's so good. Right? You've got to stay drenched. Because other than that, what are you believing in? Yeah. And, and we got this weird, this weird thing going on now that the enemy is leading that's causing people to want to remove the word. And, and Jesus and God from their faith. And they believe it in just something. Yeah. But make no mistake about it. You got to be drenched in the word of God in order for your faith to really be uh, the enemy, the tool against the enemy that you needed to be. We're robbing the power from the faith. It's, it's the big man upstairs. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, I believe in something bigger than me. There's one Lord. Yes. One faith, one baptism, and no man shall be saved except by that name. Absolutely. And so don't let anybody fool you. You not, you can't just talk about the big guy. That's right. And the man upstairs, and you know, I got faith, but it is not that I just have faith. In whom do you believe? That's right. Right? Uh, who is your redeemer? That's right. And so we gotta make sure that in our efforts, uh, and this is good. I'm glad you brought this up. In our efforts to be seeker sensitive, yes. we cannot forget the fact that there is one who's seeking That's right. uh, 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 that, that we would keep uh, the Father's good pleasure. And that is Jesus himself, God, mm -hmm. our Father, the Holy Spirit, our God. And he's looking yes. for those. He's also seeking for those who will worship him That's in spirit, right. not That's just right. in spirit, but in, in what? Truth. In truth. And what is truth? The word of word God. Of so, so don't remove God That's right. uh, from that faith conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. I pray that we're helping somebody today because I think that somebody watching us, Pastor, mm -hmm. is literally on the verge or was literally, literally on the verge before this 
teaching of, of losing grip on their faith. Mm. And this is strengthening somebody even as we talk about it. Um, I sense so many people going to receive strength from this message. And what God is about to do in the Lighthouse Church and with the Lighthouse Nation and those across the country that are watching us uh, and watching what God is doing in your life uh, and, and the whole look of what it means to, to be a lighthouse, that's all based on faith. What, yeah. In the midst of a storm, when I'm about to lose my faith, I just go that way. If I just, I see that light, right? My faith is, is it may be flickering, but, but it's still there. And Because the lighthouse is promise. Yes. That land is in that direction. Absolutely. And, and that's, I've just got to get to that light. I've got to get to that light. And we've been talking about it over the last, I don't know, five or six months uh, about let your, your light shine, yeah. right? Because the more, the more lights we produce yes. uh, individually, the more light we yes. can produce corporately yes. because this room isn't lit up because of a light. Right. This room is lit up because of a collection of lights mm -hmm. that are all doing their job individually, uh, but they're all getting their power yes. from, from the, the same, same source. source. That's right. Outside of this building, there is, and I've seen it because I've had to study, you know, when you renovate and mm -hmm. I've studied this entire campus, there's a transformer outside. Mm. And uh, one day, uh, lightning struck it and we heard it. Boom! Power went out. And from that point, uh, we decided that we never wanted to be in church again and had to go out because of the power. And, and, and Pastor Torrance, he'll laugh at this. I said, we the Lighthouse Church. So if it's one thing that should not <laughs> you go. be out here, right. it's lights. lights. So right. I'm, I'm a stickler about it. Right. Every light in this whole place <laughs> got to work. Right. And we got a generator. Mm. We got a generator to make sure that if the power source uh, went out, that we could, still, we could still operate. That's good. And so when I heard that power, that, uh, uh, tran that transformer out there, blow i asked the electricity man when he came uh i said what you know what is what is going on he said well w i asked him what a transformer was he said well you got to understand that currents come in both positive and negative mm -hmm. and he said the purpose for this transformer that blew which is why mm -hmm. you can't get power in the church is because this thing that converts negative into positive mm -hmm. and positive into negative wow if i if it can't get it to transform because too much negative ain't good. Wow. Too much positive is irrational. Wow. It's got to go through this transformer to produce power. And I sense wow. that what we're doing is we're taking people through a transformative experience. Wow. Some of them have had more negative experiences than they can count. Yes. And some of us want to believe that if everything is positive, mm -hmm. then that's a sign that God is at work. And that ain't true either wow. because it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And, 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 and in order to, to have that faith, you're going to have mountains, you're going to have valleys, yeah. you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have ins and outs. But I think what we're trying to tell people today is that all of those things work together yeah. for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I'll give you the final word on what it means to be a faith walker. And you talked about that Greek word of faith. Yeah, it, 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 really, it really just means that no matter what happens, Pastor, we, we've got to understand and trust that God's shown us, what he showed us is going to come to pass. You use the word negative. Every believer needs to understand this. If faith is connected to our sight, and it is our spiritual sight, iPhones have messed us up. 
the original way that any vision or any picture was developed was it had to start out as a negative, all right? <laughs> you then had to take the negative to a dark room in order for what was the image to be projected. It had to be a negative first, and it had to go to a dark room. I need every believer to understand that the negatives in your life, the dark rooms of your life, does not change what God has shown you. Listen, that's, that's a drop the mic moment. Uh, we're going to end it right there. Can you, I want you to, if you haven't seen this, because some of y'all may be young, you've never seen a wet image hanging from a clothesline in a dark room developing. And they used to have a camera, a Polaroid camera, uh, that gave instant images. When it first came out, it was blank. Yes. It took time for the image. Yeah. To reveal itself. Yes. And I don't want you to leave here thinking that just because your faith increased today that you're going to see the image of what you dreamed about tomorrow. That's right. It takes time for the negative to become a picture. But I believe that not many days hence, God is going to turn around every situation in your life and he's going to give you back everything that the canker worm has stolen, everything that the rust and the moth have tried to steal from you. Listen, we never like to leave without giving you an opportunity to sow and to reap. This is important to your faith. Now, you want to talk about faith right now? Sowing by faith does way more than sowing out of surplus. God asks us to sow. He says, if you'll sow, that shall you also reap. I want you to get your giving ready right now. Maybe you're going to give it by a text message. Maybe you're going to give it by way of the app. Maybe you've already given at church on Sunday, or perhaps you're going to bring it when you come here this week. Whatever you do, make sure you do it by faith. I want you to get a faith seed in your hand, not a seed, a faith seed. I want this seed to say to the Lord, you can trust me. I want this seed to say to the Lord, I've been faithful over a few things. Now it's time for you to make me rule over much. And Bishop, it just hit me that when you are faithful, the next level is a ruler. When you are faithful, the next level is a ruler. I speak ownership and rulership over your life. That God would bring you from borrowing to being the lender in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus for every person who's getting ready to release their gift that nobody would go without because they were faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah and amen. Thank you so much for being with myself and Bishop Roberts here on Take Action. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am the founder of an organization called Take Action Now. People are always direct messaging me and texting me and saying, Pastor, what are you doing? How can I be a part of what you're doing? And I know everybody doesn't want to be a part of the local church. But what if I told you I had a way for you to partner with me so that we can affect change throughout the world? Hence, take action now. A 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to advancing individual agency and social progress by protecting, strengthening, and uplifting the underserved and disenfranchised throughout the world. We're doing humanitarian things, teaching entrepreneurism, teaching home ownership, and institutional inequities, cultural deficits, we have our ear to the ground 
and we need your help to make a difference. Whether it is making a sizable donation uh, to the estate of a young woman who lost her battle with cancer via the internet, and we were able to make a difference there, or whether it is in a underserved community in the Caribbean islands where the children were playing amidst rocks and glass, and we came in and broke ground recently on a park so that athletes and cheerleaders and young people in that community can have a safe place to stir up the gift inside of them. Whether it is paying the utility bills in cold climates for seniors or just helping basketball players get the proper uniforms of football players, it's just us making a difference through financial literacy and technological empowerment and mentoring services. This is what we do. And all I'm asking you to do is become a partner with me right now. And I want you to go visit takeactionnow.org. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Mm -hmm.